0: Hi, you're listening to my mom, Kat Lee, on the Inspired to Action podcast. Hey, can I listen to it?
1: Hey, you're listening to episode number 78 with Bonnie Gray. Sorry, I was a little bit late. I was really hungry and I grabbed some granola and started eating it, but it ended up being a heartier... Harder handful than I'd expected. So I was <laughs> chewing and chewing and chewing. And I was like, I have to call her, but I can't call her talking like this. Yeah, you don't want to do a show with granola? No. <laughs> hey, friends, welcome to the Inspired to Action podcast. My name is Kat Lee, and my hope for this show is that it is the pep talk that you need as a mom a reminder that what you do every day is life changing and it matters more deeply than you could ever imagine. Out of all the women in the world, God chose you to be the mother of your children because you are special and amazing, and He has called you and He will equip you. So thank you for serving your family, for loving your children fearlessly, and for fighting to be a great mom. This episode today is for you. Let's jump right in. So today we're talking with Bonnie Gray, honestly, about something that I'm really not very good at. So it's great that we have an expert and somebody who wrote a book about it on the show, we are talking about rest and white space and margin. In design, white space is all the space on a page that's not being used, that's not being filled with you know, color or content or anything like that. And it allows your eyes just to rest and to focus on the most important things. And so today we're talking about how to bring that into our lives. What is spiritual white space and why do we need it? Why is it okay to rest and create margin in our lives? Because I don't know about you, but I often need to give myself permission to rest. I'm not very good at being intentional. About it. And we're also going to talk about the power of seeing our lives and our families as art and not a to do list, which really allows us to take that time to rest and create white space. This is such a great topic, and I love t- chatting with Bonnie about it because it's not something really that we talk about a lot. We talk about all the things that we have to do and we talk about how to get lots of stuff done, but we don't often talk about rest and stepping back. And honestly, if we're truthful, Rest is often the thing that propels us to do even more than we would have if we had just pressed on and stuck it out. And you're just going to love what she has to share. But before we get into the interview today, I want to say thank you to our sponsor, PlanToEat.com. You can check out their free trial. It's a 30-day trial, so it's plenty of time to go to the grocery store a few times, to meal plan a few times, and to realize how brilliantly awesome this site is and if you go to plantoeat.com forward slash inspired to action, you can see a little welcome video from me. You can sign up for their free 30-day trial. And then you can also go to mealplanningbootcamp.com where I walk you through the whole process of getting set up on Plan to Eat. And I show you all my secret ways of doing things, not really secret, but you know it'll kind of give you the fast track to getting all set up and getting your meal planning automated and not something that you're stressing about. So definitely check out plantoeat.com forward slash inspired to action. Now let's get into our content today. I'm chatting with Bonnie Gray about finding spiritual white space. Hey, Bonnie, how are you doing? Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I'm
2: so happy to be here.
1: It's so good to finally talk after seeing each other a few years ago. I know. We met four years ago at what was relevant and is now the Illum Conference. Yeah, Yeah, I still remember it. Clear as day. It's hard to believe that four years have gone by because it seems a little bit like yesterday.
2: Yeah, I think I think that's kind of the life for a mom, right? We yeah. we
1: get through our days and the weeks and the months just fly by. So I want to know what have you been up to in that period of time. So did you have your blog Faith Barista way back? That was it, still the same name. Way yes. Okay. Same name yes. the whole time. Okay. okay. You know
2: when we go out for coffee. The barista serves up drinks the way, just the way you like it, the way you need it and want it. Mm. <laughs> so my vision was, um, I can serve up some encouragement and, you know, especially for the hard days, just like you need that shot of caffeine. We need, we need some encouragement, especially as mom's getting up every day. Um, you know,
1: we need that extra shot of encouragement. I love it. And I love how prolific of a writer you are. Cause it's not, you don't just write on your blog. You, you, uh, write for it, encourage their blog and for relevant magazine. And you've written some stuff on crosswalk and Christianity today. And like, I mean, if you go to if you go to Bonnie's about page, y'all, it's just got all these things. It's really amazing. And so I'd love to know just kind of a little bit about you. I mean, maybe they've read you in some of these different places. But tell us a little bit about you and your family and kind of how you got on this writing journey.
2: Well, it's interesting because it did have to do with becoming a mom. Um, I never really took writing seriously. It's always just been something that I did that I didn't have to think about, Cat, I just journaled and it was something I enjoyed. But once I became a mom, it just seemed like more and more I didn't have very many spaces in my life where I can really do anything, quote unquote, for myself. And so I just thought, well, I don't have very much time in between naps. Um, I can just write. And so my husband at the time said, well, why don't you put out a blog and then maybe something you write would connect with other people and um, you can enjoy writing. So it really just started out as something that I needed that I felt like I didn't have being a mom, which is something for me. And it's turned into something that has really nurtured my soul. And you you talked about me being prolific. Really, it's 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 almost started out of a place of desperation because i I just wanted a piece of me that had nothing to do with my children, and um that part of me is still alive, you know, I became a mom in my thirties, I got married in my thirties later in life, and um that single part of me, you know the part of me as a woman who's single didn't have kids, she's still there, even yeah. though she has two children. That part of me is still there, and I still need that part of me to feel alive. And so writing does that for me.
1: Uh, so how how old are your kids?
2: Um, I have youngest child, Caleb, who's six, and then Josh is nine. And so... Um, I named them after the two spies that made it into mm. the promised land. And um, I was really hoping that my second child would be a boy. <laughs> so I would have two <laughs> boys that could name them, Josh and
1: Caleb. <laughs> I yeah. love it. Mm-hmm. That's, very, that's very cool. I've heard a lot of people name their kids. You know, well, so my kids, uh, the two girls both start with the letter A. But I don't know if I've ever heard of anybody have an actual theme spiritually based on scripture. I think that's pretty cool. Do they like that? I would imagine two little boys would love that they are named after two spies. Yes,
2: (laughs) they do. Yeah, and so it just kind of like I was always painted that into their minds that like, you know, they're brothers and they're going to do things together and, you know, they should always be for each other and um, remember that even if other people um, may not be able to be there for them. They always have each other. So it's been a cool story within the Bible that they can relate to. And then I said, you're now the living Josh and Caleb. Mm -hmm.
1: So they really love that. That's very cool. You know, you were saying how you started the blog out of a place of your own need. And I've heard so many people say that. I know that's how Tish Oxenrider started her blog as well. And I've heard a lot of other people say that they started it kind of out of realizing that they needed some space for themselves you know motherhood was important and a vital part of who they were but there was also this other aspect of who they were Um, did you get to that point because you were totally overwhelmed and you'd kind of lost touch with that part of who you were Um, or was it more something that your husband noticed and he's like you need some time because I know I think for other people that have mentioned it actually it's been like a therapist or somebody who said you know what you need to kind of get in touch with that part of you was it something that you realized, or something that somebody else kind of called out in you? It's really interesting. I've
2: done so many different like podcasts and radio shows since my book, Finding Spiritual White Spaces, come out, and I love the questions you're asking me because I never got to share this. But um, you know, I I just felt like I, before I was a mom cat. I don't know why I was thinking this. But I was thinking like, oh, now I'm not going to be working. I'm going to stay at home, mom. You know, because I used to work in um, corporate. Corporate life here in Silicon Valley, and I thought, oh, now that I'm a mom, I'll have time to like maybe you know become a writer. It's what I've always wanted to do. I want to write a book, you know. But once I became a mom, it's like there's no way. I'm like totally exhausted. I don't want to think about doing anything. And um, I tell my husband, I was crying because I'm like, oh, honey, I I thought I might take some night classes and wanted to maybe learn how to write a book. And I said. There's no way. Now, two of them? There's no way. <laughs> and my husband said, well, you know, you can just blog. You don't have to write a book. Just just blog. So it was more like out of a dream dying, I should mm. say, cat. that my husband was consoling me and said, you know what? The most important thing is you love to write. So write. You don't have to publish anything. Just write on a blog. It, it So... I guess the short of it is that a dream had died because I realized with two kids, I'm basically in it for the long haul until they're 18. And there's no way I'm going to have space or the emotional, I guess,
1: I don't know, energy to write a book. So I started a blog. I think that's fantastic. And you know, that's a theme that I hear over and over again with moms, um, that they feel like a dream died and then but they just follow wherever god's leading them and then that dream ends up happening later on i mean this isn't like a guaranteed formula or something but i know that um joanna gaines who has a show called fixer upper shared at a big gathering that we had in waco a couple weeks ago on palm sunday i think it was and um she had this shop that's super popular right now but she had closed it feeling like she needed to stay home and just focus on her kids for a while and when she locked that door closing it for the last time she felt like you know her dream of opening a shop had just died but she felt like she was being obedient to the lord and that um she still had this faith in her heart that he was going to do something bigger than she could have imagined and so she obeyed and and you know was with her kids for a few years and then she felt like he led her to open her shop back up and it you know led to all these other things and now she has this big tv show or whatnot um but i love just that that theme of saying okay god i have no idea what's around the corner but I'm going to I'm going to follow you because we hear that phrase all the time when God closes. Um, what is it? When God closes a door, he opens a window.
2: Yeah, actually, that's from The Sound of Music. Oh, is it really? Yeah, it is. We were just watching it with our two kids. And
1: yeah, it's from The Sound of Music. Well, you know, interesting. as much as I love Maria, I, I've always kind of loathed that quote because I don't think that when he closes, you know, a nice, big, full size door that he opens a tiny little window. I think when he closes that big full-size door, he, like, opens the garage door or he just rips the roof right off. You know, he he. I think he has more than we were expecting for us. You know, it might not be the exact same thing, but I've always felt like that phrase communicated to me that, oh, when this big dream dies, he'll have some little thing for you that's really sweet and cute. But in reality, when that thing dies and we listen to him and we we follow him, even though it seems like an ending to a season... Um, I fully believe that he's going to connect us with the very thing that we were made for and that is bigger and better than we could have ever imagined. And so I love, you know, hearing your journey of you felt like your book dream had died. And so you started a blog, but then that led to a book. But there are actually two phases of writing this book. Is that right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that um, in my case and what the journey I've been on is that it's more like the door to the life that I wanted to create had ended. The door on the journey of where I felt like this is the plan, just like I had said to myself as a little girl, okay, I'm going to go to high school, then I'm going to graduate from college, then I'm going to get a job, and then I'm going to become a You know, that's kind of like the plans that we have. It's more like when the plans that I've tried to, I guess, control or mm-hmm. to put as goal-oriented when those fell to the wayside, mm-hmm. I'm just standing before God. And I feel like I'm on, I see more like instead of being in my house with a door or trying to knock on a door and the door closing, suddenly Jesus transported me onto a dirt trail out in the open. And he's saying to me, take my hand and I want you to just be with me. And so for writing for me is just more of a way of being with God. Like God is saying like, look, you sit. you love to write, write with me without any plans. And you, I think moms listening can transfer that to anything that they love. Like what, whoever you are that I made you to be, can you just be that person and hold my hand doing it and enjoy it? And guess what? I'm going to take you on the path that you belong, mm. that I want you to be on. So when I started writing this book, um, at first I had a plan, Kat. I thought, you know, again, back with me, travel back with me in time when you know, I became a mom. I was like, okay, this is the kind of book I wanted to write. I, I'm My background is in Bible study. So I'm like, I'm going to write a book where every chapter is going to explore a chapter on rest and it'll have Bible scripture and it'll have examples and everyone's going to love it and use it for their Bible studies. But when I started writing this book and everything was going so well in my life, Kat, you know, because I said I finally got married and had my second child. Um, and I started writing it. Um, my husband had booked a weekend um, at a cabin of ways because with kids, you can't really write. So
0: right.
2: yeah, I was there and I stepped out and I was going to go eat my, um, my dinner and I was feeling fine. But as I walked up this hill, my legs started to feel heavier and heavier. And then I started having difficulty breathing. And then my throat started constricting, like getting swollen. It started choking. And I was like, <gasps> my heart started pounding so hard and so fast. It was pounding in my head like a jackhammer. And I, I couldn't breathe. And so as I, as I fell to the ground and I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm going to faint because the sky started being just saturated with light, you know, like I couldn't see. Um, I didn't know it at the time, Kat, but I was experiencing my first panic attack. Mm. And um, this kind of shows you the kind of person I was. I, I said, oh, whoa, I guess I must be really sick with something. I, go, I better go eat and finish whatever writing I have done before I go back down the mountain. Um, and then that night, every two hours as I was sleeping, cat, I wasn't thinking about anything bad, not nothing. I just was woken up every two hours like with an electric prong like stuck to my side. It felt that way. And I would just jolt up like startled, you know, and then start having a panic attack. Same thing would happen, those same sequence of events. You know, I told you not breathing, throat constricting and not being able to breathe every two hours. And that continued for a year. Wow. And I didn't know it at the time. And I've never seen a therapist, never seen a counselor. You know, I was the missionary in my 20s that people would come and I would be the counselor. Mm -hmm. But here I was in this therapist's office feeling totally embarrassed, you know, like, What's wrong with me? And the therapist said something that changed my life. And he said, Bonnie, this is actually a great thing because, you know, a soldier doesn't experience panic attacks when he's out in the battlefield. He experiences them when he comes home, when he's feeling safe. So then he can experience all the things that he never could when he was out in the battlefield. And I realized at that moment that writing is my safe place, it's where I could always just be myself since I was a little girl and I was finally married, I felt safe and I had two children. Now's the time. God is saying now's the time now for you to, you know, deal with all the things that as a little child, you you just coped and managed and survived and put to the side. Mm-hmm. So um, instead of writing that Bible study group uh, book that I thought would be awesome and wonderful, I ended up, I decided to write about all these childhood memories that surfaced and what God was teaching me about the importance of finding rest. So, you know, Cap, you know, especially as moms, we, we know we need rest. We know we need white space. This is the book I wrote. It's about finding white space in our lives. We know it in our heads. But do we actually experience,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know, peace? Do we experience relaxation? Do we experience taking care of ourselves? For me, at least. I knew it, but I wasn't experiencing it. So um, this book that I wrote ended up being a journal, almost like confiding, like in a best friend, like, oh my gosh, I couldn't believe this happening. This is what I learned about what it means to really rest
1: and how to do it. So you stepped away and went to this relaxing place. You were in this safe time of your life. And then you had these panic attacks and you went to the therapist and he basically said that you know now that you've stepped back, that's when you're gonna start processing stuff. Was it scary to pursue white space instead of just pushing ahead and and trying to busy yourself so that maybe you wouldn't be in that that's that white space uh, so that you could just kind of push through stuff? Was it scary to step away and to, and to face it?
2: Yes. It was so scary that I had panic attacks and anxiety. And, you know, as I go and speak and talk to moms and women groups about finding spiritual white space, everybody resonates. That resonates that if you try to think about how can I make more time and space for myself and actually what is it that I need? What is it that I want? How do I really feel about myself or about my family? about my husband or about my wife, uh, my, my mother or my father or my best friend, you know, when we actually give ourselves space to think about what we need or want. I mean, it's, we have anxiety. We would rather not do it. Mm -hmm. And that's me. I mean, I would rather not do it. Um, So it was scary because what if I really wasn't happy with X, Y, or Z? You know, what would that mean? Uh, You know, what kind of changes would I make? And I'm, I've just been so used to like not thinking about that cat it's like this is what I need to do okay girl get it done Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know this Mm -hmm. is the way it is this is then you know there's no use complaining or crying about it or like it is what it is so just get it done that's just the way it's always been like for me so for me to stop and actually figure out wow this is actually not okay I don't feel
1: okay you know that's hard that that is scary so what was the process like? Did you go off into a secluded island and have gentle classical music playing and you just, you know, figured everything out in one week or what was what what was that process look like for you to find that white space and to answer those questions?
2: Yeah, so one of one of the first things that um, you know, that I would say the first step that all of us would help us to be able to make space in our lives is to connect with how we feel. And you know, the, the, uh, there's a, there's a Bible verse we all know very well, which is love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And we are very good at loving God with our minds, Hmm. you know, studying scripture, digging theologically, understanding, breaking down a Bible verse. And we're good at, um, you know, loving God with our, um, the verse also says, love God with our body. So like physically action-oriented doing things. But there's a part of the verse we ignore, which is loving God with our soul. And our soul is where our emotions reside, our true feelings, our true personhood. And so um, one of the things is being in touch with our feelings. And there's a list of soul words that I started to have to, you know, get familiar with. Like one of the specific things that actually even helped me in my parenting is... When I have a problem, I tend to go straight into problem-solving mode, mm. right?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then when my kids are having difficulty at school or like with homework, the first thing I used to do is like, okay, let's problem solve this. Okay, let's figure it out. And now, uh, what I do for myself, and then what I do is my kids. You know, in my toolbox of parenting that I use myself on myself is first, I ask myself, how am I feeling. Mm. You know, Mm -hmm. it's important to know how I'm feeling and why I'm stressed. Why am I upset? Why am I impatient? Why am I angry? Or why am I feeling like I just want to be in my bed and I just don't want to do anything?
1: That's so good (laughs) because it could have absolutely nothing to do with the actual problem at hand.
2: Yes. Yes. And so like my son, in fact, you know, he, he came back and he's just like very grumpy with homework really, really upset. And before I'd be like, look, if you don't do your homework, you can't watch TV. You know, I start going yes. through consequences, you know, and like, you know, reminding him and just getting him back on task and program that, and I'll still do that cat. You know, I don't throw my tools away, right. My parenting tools, but I first now start with how he feels, you know, what was your day like? Come here. And I'll give him a hug. Come here. Let me give you a hug. I'm sorry, you, you you look… I help him with his word. Like, mm-hmm. You look totally um, like grumpy. I'm so sorry. What happened today? Was there something that happened today? And then I'll say, come. I know you like cranberry juice. Let me get you a cold cranberry juice. And I would just sit with him. I would just, you know, take that white space and just give him a hug. Ask him what's going on. How are you doing? And it's so funny because these are things we do really well for our friends, cat, Like mm-hmm. our girlfriends, you know? Yes. We would never be like start going at them, you know, saying like, well, what do you need to do? You know, you better do it or else you can't, you know, watch later, you know, but we do that to ourselves. We beat ourselves up as parents. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. You, you know, you cooked mac and cheese instead of making them steamed vegetables, you know, right. terrible mom. It's like, wait a minute. How, how are you doing? How am I doing? What is it that I need? What happened today or yesterday?
1: Anyhow. That's no, that's so good because I I even see that in my own kids, particularly my oldest. Sometimes when she gets home from school, we might conflict on a certain point, but I need to remember that she is, you know, spent after a super long day, junior high, and and she tends to be one that is all or nothing. So she gives everything she's got at school, and when she comes home, is when she can finally just relax and recover. And a lot of times, you know, she's just weary and and identifying that and and creating that white space for them, I think it does two things. It allows them to see that you're their advocate and not their adversary. Um, And because it eliminates that power struggle instead of being like, you know, just do your homework because it's time to do your homework. Realizing, oh, you had a rough day. Somebody said something to you. Uh, They really feel like then that you're on their side. And it's not just a power struggle about the one thing that probably isn't actually the root issue. And I think that is fantastic advice. You know, when I talk
2: about white space and um, I guess I want to
1: take a little bit of time to tell,
2: um, you know, our mom listeners out there that white space is taken from the world of art and design Mm -hmm. and that the more beautiful a painting is, then the more white space there is. But if um, a composition has a lot of text and images, it becomes cluttered Mm -hmm. and it becomes commercialized. And so God used this concept to speak to me, Bonnie. You know what? You're not just a plan or a project for me. You know, all my life, Kat, I've just always wanted to be useful to God. I just want to glorify him and be be something that he feels is of worth. You know what I mean? Whether I'm a mom or a a friend, I just always wanted to just be be the be what would reflect God. But God was telling me, Bonnie, you're actually my artwork. And I love you. I care about you, your feelings, um, how you're doing. I care about what you want. I care about um your disappointments and um your 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 questions. And what if you were, God is speaking to me, you know, what if you were to treat your your life more as artwork? What would you do? And so I started seeing my children the same way. Like mm. like this example you talk about how, you know, your daughter coming back and and my son as well, you know, I would just See, I didn't realize a cat's not intentional, but I saw it more as a project. Like I'm the project planner. I need to keep my kids on task so that they can be successful and not just in the world's eyes, but, you know, uh, grow into the qualities that I want them to have godly qualities. But God's trying to tell me they're actually artwork. And if I nurture them as God's artwork, um, I'll have that relationship with them. And then I can be... Like you said, not the adversary, but an advocate. Then they will trust me Mm -hmm. with their heart, you know, with Mm -hmm. their soul. And then I can then be the person to guide them through coaching them. Okay, this is the skills for doing homework, taking tests, getting organized. It's changed my relationship with my children, Kat, because now they see me um, as their confidant. And, you know, I always tell them that I'm here for you. And that includes coaching them through all the other practical aspects. But it's winning their hearts over first. So
1: Yeah, that's good. That's so good.
2: You know, and also win my relationship with God. So that's why it's really important, I guess, before I focus my relationship with God more as a project. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. I need to pray. I need to read the Bible. I need to... You know, do this, do that, do this. And those are good things. They're not bad because they're part of how we love God, right? That verse, loving God with heart, mind, and soul. But Mm -hmm. we, I need to put the soul part in. And I did not have any space in my life to
1: nurture my soul.
2: That's like, wasn't even part of my vocabulary, cat at all.
1: That's so, I mean, I think we're a lot alike. And I just love that analogy of seeing your life and your kids and your walk with God as art and not a project because you can't force art. You can only kind of make space for it.
2: Exactly. You got it. You got it.
1: That's <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So good.
2: Mm-hmm. And um, I wanted to share this verse with, um, with you because it, it just changed my life. Um, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 10 to 11, it says, this is Paul speaking, We urge you, brethren, or mothers or sisters, <laughs> to excel still more and to make it your ambition to lead a restful life. Hmm. Hmm. And it's—God knew that part of me that's um, ambitious and hardworking. Like, that's still Mm -hmm. part of me. But God said, Bonnie, I know you need to know. I needed God to tell me, point me, like, point blank. This is what I want you to do. Yeah. (laughs) And when it's—the word ambition is only used three times in the Bible, Kat. The first time, um, it says, make it your ambition to please God. The second reference is, um, make it your ambition to preach the gospel. And this is the third time, Cat. Make it your ambition to lead a restful life. Hmm. Isn't that amazing? So I think God was telling me, Bonnie, in order to um, be um, pleasing to me more and more, you know, to live a life that preaches the gospel um, to your children, your your you know the friends around you, you need to leave uh, lead a restful life.
1: I love that. That's kind of the because one of the questions was going to be. As moms, it is hard to give ourselves permission to rest. Yes. And now we have a verse. <laughs> yes. A yes. command from God to pursue rest. That is, that is really good because I, I don't know about you or, or those of you listening, but I know for me it is hard for me to choose to rest. I, I feel guilty if I'm not doing something. And so knowing that is such an important thing. But then having this scripture to kind of be like, okay, this really is something that you need to make time for. This is something that is important and powerful. Um, So that answers that question. How do we find the space? How do we we make this space? How do we carve that time out and, I guess, um, communicate that expectation to other people as well? Does that make sense? Yeah.
2: Yeah, it does. I mean— I think that usually we jump to actually the end point, at least I did, which is, okay, I need some time for myself. And we look at our schedule and we start to like see if we can carve it out. That's actually the last step in the process of this journey God's brought me on. The first step is to know what it is that I need and what I hunger and thirst for. So um, actually, um, going back to our childhood is one of those uh, tools that I talk about in my book. Is that as a little girl, what are some of the things that um, you liked to do or you enjoyed doing or something that you wanted to do but you never got a chance to? Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Like in my case, I was in a single parent family and so we didn't have a lot of money. So like there were things I would have loved to try but I never got the chance to. Um, You know what I mean? So going back to our childhood because our childhood is kind of like the place where we were most um, innocent and unfettered by stress and distraction Mm -hmm. and there's a bible verse for that too you know jesus said don't push away these children from me don't get between them and me the children are at the very center of life in god's kingdom he says unless you accept god's kingdom in the simplicity of a child you'll never get in And Jesus also said, anyone who's as humble as a little child is the greatest in the kingdom of God. And this changed my life too, Kat. Anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf is welcoming me. And I realized as moms, especially, we are keeping the little child in each of us away from Jesus.
1: Hmm. Tell me more.
2: Well, Jesus said that each of us needs to be like a little child in order to enter his kingdom, experience Mm -hmm. kingdom. And experiencing God's kingdom is experiencing life with Jesus. It's that child in each of us. And so Jesus said, if you welcome a child in my name to me, you're welcoming me. So Mm -hmm. each of us is a little girl inside each of us. When we're with God, he's our heavenly father. How can we bring the little girl in each of us to him? So that is a source, a brainstorm, fun, a fun brainstorm idea of what did we like to do as a little girl? What wish, what are some of the things we wish we could do? And then that will lead us to then carve time out because maybe mm-hmm. for you it's you've always wanted a watercolor. Well, the time you carve out is maybe a watercolor class. Or maybe the time you carve up is um getting together, calling your friend up who watercolors and saying like, you know what, I want a watercolor. Could you show me one day? Like, let's let's go out for coffee and then. I'd, I'd love to watercolor or maybe somebody else it's uh, wanting to um, play soccer and they never did sign up for a mom's soccer class um, or maybe somebody like me who likes to write okay I like to write when can I write and then taking time to write and sometimes we a lot of moms tell me well I don't even know what I would do if I even had the time so A lot of times we don't carve time out for ourselves because we don't know what we would do. That's why it's really important to start with what we would like to do first. Mm -hmm. And that will guide us as to how and where in our schedules we would carve out that time. And then to answer your second question, it would then require us to then communicate or make space, right? There needs to be change because if we look at my schedule before the season of my life, there's nothing that can move. (laughs) (laughs) It's already maximized. It's already like, you know... Um, you know, put a lot of plan and thought and efficiency as to all the activities and where we do. So most people don't want to change or fiddle with that. But once we decide, we figure out what we'd like to do, what we need, what would fill our souls, nurture it, um, communicating it. Um, I guess one tip I had was um when we trade with our husbands rather than going to them and just saying like, look, I'm really exhausted and um you know, I, I'm not happy and I don't get any time for myself. You know, that that's kind of a negative way to start a conversation. <laughs> right. So, and by the way, I've, I've tried that. So that's why I say that. Um, So then I started a different tactic. I said, you know, honey, you work so hard for our family. And, you know, I see that you hardly have any time for yourself. And, you know, we're doing so much work for our kids. We're doing such a good job. But, you know, I feel like we're so stressed. And I was thinking, why don't we like, Figure out what it is you like to do to relax. And 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 then we can figure out what I like to do. And let's let's help each other. Mm-hmm. Let's trade. Mm-hmm. Let's trade some white space time on the calendar. And I always I just start out with just one like um two hour, three hour period on a Saturday morning for myself once a month. It it wasn't like something every week. It's just start off as, you know what, I just want to get some white space on Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. And if you can like, you know, watch the kids and then I can choose what it is I want to do. But I did the same for him, Kat. I said, you know what? You you should go out with so-and-so. You guys haven't, you know, gone out for a while and did this or that. You know, I, I want you to go. Okay.
1: Take a night out. That's a great way to go about it. That's so good because it's not just healthy for you, but then he's walking through the process as well.
2: Yeah. And it's interesting because he said the same thing. He's like, well, it's okay. I don't need, I don't need to go out. Um, I don't. I don't know what I would do. And then it became a wonderful conversation for both of us. Like, well, what did you like to do when you were a kid? Or like, okay, remember when before we had kids, what, what did you like to do? It became a
1: wonderful conversation, Kat. So Yeah, I really like that question about what did we like to do as kids? Because all moms kind of go through the season when they're pretty much just, you know, taking care of the kids especially that that newborn season right after they're born and it's so easy to lose sight of what we like to do but asking that question like if i just asked any mom right now and said what do you love to do there's going to be some that are like i just i just don't know what i like to do but everybody can answer what they wanted to do when they were a kid and there's something core about that whether you know if it was running and now you know i've had 500 kids and maybe running isn't in my future, but I could walk a 5k or something, you know, and there's still something we can tap into from that. And it's uh, probably a lot of those things are just core to what we naturally gravitate towards and what what really kind of fills us up. So that's such a great question because I think everybody could answer it.
2: Yes, exactly. I love love how you're adding to like the beauty of this whole thing about spiritual white space, because um, one of the key verses in spiritual white space is that Is from Ephesians 2.10. It says that for we are God's workmanship. And actually it's translated in the original Greek workmanship to be poema. For we are God's poem. For we are God's works of art created in Christ Jesus. So kind of what you say, there's something really core to what we love to do as a little girl. And that's because that's God's work of art when he created us. He created us as his child, and somehow, for some reason, when we became a mom, I don't know what happened to us, Cat. We just flipped a switch and said, oh, I don't need to grow anymore. I don't need to nurture myself anymore. I just need to give 100% of any energy and time I have to nurturing my children. It's over for me. <laughs> it's my right. kids' time, you know? Yeah. But yeah. it's not true. Um, we— You know, if if we nurture ourselves, like you said, maybe we like to run and we don't run now, but we can walk that 5K. There's this light inside of us, you know what I mean, that just glows and we go back to our taking care of our children and we're just such vibrant, much more vibrant women and our children and our husbands are blessed by that vibrancy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like absolutely. When we do interact with our children… If we have something that nurtures that child in each of us um, and our child can experience who we are, like, oh, I know my mom. I know who Kat is. You know what I mean? I know who Bonnie is. They, They have a personality, a vibrancy that they can connect to and not just like a project manager or keeping them on task or a teacher. I mean, those are roles we all play with our children. They're important. But the most important thing that we can, I feel, impact our children is that we are known to them. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and then we can bring our kids in on that. And that to me is like the full circle of it to find something we're passionate about and then have our kids join us in that. And that's like yesterday, this is random, but I love just playing sports. And so yesterday, my daughter and I just out front, were just throwing the football back and forth for like 30 minutes. And that was so fun for me. I felt like I was a 10 year old and playing with my 10 year old and it was fun for her and it was fun for me. And so when we can find that thing that we can then do with our kids and we can both just enjoy it and we're not so much, you know, strict parent and young child, we're just two people enjoying something together. I think that really adds so much, like you were saying, to their knowing us into our relationship.
2: Yeah, I mean that's the most beautiful thing that I discovered, Cat, that I didn't have as a mom before this season. And you know, when I was going through it with the panic attacks and seeing a therapist, I thought it was the most embarrassing thing I didn't want to tell anybody about. And all these memories that were just so unhappy. And then I'm at the other end of it, Cat, and my life is so much more beautiful because it's what you're saying is happening. As I rediscovered my love, I love the beach. I love going to the beach. I love hiking. And I never got to play soccer Kat, as a little girl. And I started taking soccer classes. And now I do those things with my kids. But, yeah, at least like before, I would never just break out of my schedule and go to the beach. It would just seem like, you know, a waste of time and all that effort for nothing. <laughs> of getting dirty and, you know, but now it's like, I don't do it every day, you know, but it's a lot more regular. I'll say like, kids, you know what, today we're going to go to the beach. Don't worry about the homework. We're going to come back. We're going to do it. And it's okay. We can stay up late tonight. You know, I would never do that before. <laughs> I was just totally regimented. And again, I don't do it every day, but you know. And then on the weekends now, um, you know, because I have my soccer class. And then um, during the week, I'll just kick around a ball
1: with them. And it's so fun. hmm Mm-hmm. You know, that's so funny. We we have so much in common. I played in a, a, it wasn't necessarily mom's soccer league, but it was a women's soccer league for several years um, before my kids started all their activities and stuff. And it was super fun because I'd never played growing up, but I'd always thought it would be really fun to just run around and kick a ball. And I really enjoyed that. So that's fun. I don't hear many other moms who play soccer, so. Yeah,
2: I've never done that. And I always felt guilty because I'm like, well, what are my kids going to do? They have to wait for me? Oh, you know, but like, uh-huh. since I- realized God wanted me to take care of me, I would take them. And actually, now they have a hoot sitting there eating their snacks and watching mom <laughs> play and practice. And so I never even thought that was even possible. It just never occurred to me that I would do it. That's
1: so fun. So I think that's a great point to wrap up on because everyone listening, I want you to find that thing. Exactly. And, and so what is one just last encouragement you would give? So maybe the mom listening right now is about to take her headphones off and go pick her baby up from a nap or pick her kids up from school or she's about to get home from work and walk in the door. What's one thing that you'd share with her to help her solidify the idea of pursuing white space or one step that she could take to start off with?
2: Well, I would just say to her that God, Jesus is looking at you and he is just filled with longing and love to hold you in his arms. That's his little girl when he says to you, come to me, all who are labor and heavy laden, I want to give you rest. I think Jesus is just saying to you, maybe you never thought about it this way, but rest is really just finding that little girl in you and taking care of you. And I'm here for you and I will take care of you and just let me love you. And, um, just be the, be the beautiful daughter that I want you to be, and I'll help you out and I'll give you strength for what you need to do. Don't forget about yourself because I have not forgotten you. Mm-hmm.
1: So good, Bonnie. Where can people find your book, Finding Spiritual White Space, and where can they find you online? So, um, the book Finding Spiritual White Space
2: is available on Amazon or Barnes and Nobles or um, your local bookstore. And you can also um, come and visit me. I would love to have you over at my virtual cafe at faithbarista.com. And um, there's uh, different videos also that are on Facebook that I post. And um, I'm also on Instagram and on Twitter. And it's all under The Bonnie Gray. And that's gray with an A.
1: Got it. I bet you have to say that all the time. I do. See, it's like automatic. I just say it. Love it. Bonnie, thank you so much for joining us today. That was fantastic. I, I loved what you had to share. And I know that every mom listening was really encouraged to go pursue some white space and connecting with who God made her to be. So I really appreciate you taking the time to share your thoughts and wisdom with us.
2: I'm just so glad. We all need to be given that permission because
1: God gives us permission. So I'm so happy. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, we'll talk with you again later.
0: Be a God day, a God day filled with His grace, His grace and sweet new mercies. May my thoughts obey Jesus to walk in His way by His Spirit with each breath that I take. It's feeling like a God day.